Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Revolution Recap. We have a debate episode for you today. You may remember we did a couple of these over the summer where Seth McComer and I will take one side and argue it. It's not necessarily our opinions, but we debate kind of the topics that are surrounding the revolution. And today we have an episode on what should the revolution's highest off-season priority be. And this was recorded two days ago. And of course, between then and now, the revolution have made a trade for Latif Blessing. Uh, so just wanted to note that you will not hear any information on the blessing trade in this podcast, and we will not mention it. The other thing, too, is that I mentioned Aaron Long is a free agent during this uh, conversation. Aaron Long has recently just signed for LAFC, also uh, between the time of recording and now. We will have more information and more analysis on the Latif blessing trade and the re-signing of Nacho Heel, which also happened today uh, on a later episode, probably uh, later on this week or next week. Uh, but for now, uh, we'll be bringing you this debate. Before we get to that episode, I just wanted to say thank you to our sponsor, Galasso Kits. Uh, go check out Galasso Kits right now for their full selection of and inventory and make sure you follow them at Galasso Kits on Twitter and Galasso Kits on Instagram for updates on their new inventory every single week. They do unboxing videos to show you what is coming into their store so you'll be the first to know that. Uh, and when you find something you like, please use promo code REVSRECAP to save 15% off your order. That is promo code REVSRECAP at GalassoKits.com to save 15% off your order. Also be sure to follow our friends at The Rebellion on Twitter and go to nerebellion.org to learn more about them and their organization. And if you'd like to become a member of The Rebellion 2023 season membership ships are now on sale. And also, if you have not already, please make sure you are subscribed on iTunes and wherever you're listening. And if you please rate and review us five stars, if you have not already, it helps people looking for revolution content find it, which is really, really important during the off season. So please, 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 if you have not already, give us a rate and review. And if you'd like to support us further, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash revolution recap. And now here is our debate on the revolution's top off season priority. Joining me today is Seth McComer from the Bent Musket. Seth, how is it going? Oh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. So I'm very happy. And Tanner being here, extra bonus. Oh, well, spoiler alert, we also have Tanner Rebello. Tanner, how's it going with you? Incredible. It's a new year and it's uh, great to talk to you guys. Well, um, I think the way this is going to work is we have a number of topics. We're going to be releasing these over the next few weeks. And Seth, you and I have some unfinished business. Last year, we kind of went one and one in our debates. So we're going to have a debate to start off. Tanner will be moderating. And then in the coming weeks, uh, we'll be releasing our other debate episodes uh, between you and Tanner and me and Tanner. So um, first off, we're going to talk about today is what position the Revs need to upgrade. Uh, and I'll be taking one position group. Uh, Seth, you'll be taking one position group. And Tanner, uh, you are going to be our judge slash moderator. And at the end of this, you're going to be picking a winner or giving an opinion of who you thought uh, made the more persuasive argument. Uh, and then we'll also let our listeners on Instagram and Twitter also have their voice and choose uh, who they thought was the winner here today. So uh, Tanner, between me and Seth, who, who do you want to kick off this debate? Let's have Seth get a start here. Absolutely, I'd love to, mostly because I'm still upset that uh, the fans online uh, voted for Greg Johnstone on one of the uh, debates last year. I thought for sure that I went 2-0. Pretty upset considering I once won a runners-up trophy in debate club in high school. I'm absolutely putting my high school uh, debate teacher to shame. Hopefully she did not listen to that. Uh, to be clear, the 2023 season is upon us, and there is one position that the New England Revolution have to upgrade, and that they, they need a box-to-box -box midfielder. If you go through the Revolution lineup right now, they have strikers. They have plenty of strikers. 
They have uh, midfielders. They have a very clear back line, and they have a very clear goalkeeper. If you're making a lineup, the area that they really need is a box-to-box midfielder. Okay, you have Matt Polster playing a position there, and he he's very good at what he does. He needs a little bit of help. We have Barrero, who's very dynamic. If he's healthy, he's going to score goals. He's going to get at people. He's going to create uh, goal-scoring opportunities and draw fouls. We also have Carlos Heal, one of the best attackers in this league. Uh, every single year since he's come in, he's leading the league very high in terms of uh, deadly passes, in terms of uh, setting up opportunities. So there's one glaring hole that the Revolution have to fill, and that's that box-to-box midfield position. Now, I'm being a little vague here because uh, that box-to-box midfield position, that could be a holding midfielder um, to play alongside uh, Matt, uh, Matt Polster, uh, but it also could be on the left side or the right side of a diamond because I, I'm – not really sure the way that Bruce Arena will play. And regardless, guys, we all know that uh, positions are just starting points. You know, players go around to the field. We all know that, that when we talk about a formation, they're starting points. So if you think about where this team needs to upgrade, where this team needs to get a player, it is going to be that box-to-box midfielder. Uh, because other than that, who plays there? It's either Tommy McNamara, who, um, who was good but probably better off the bench at this point in his career, uh, Noel Buck, who's not really tested that much. He's a young player with lots of potential. Eshmir is also an, uh, a possibility there. So that's a glaring hole for the New England Revolution, and that's where they need to get a player in order to do well in 2023. So, Seth, before I begin, I just want to say, you, you mentioned you were in debate club in high school and you have a runner's-up trophy. Can you just kind of elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I was a very good debater. Um, I, much like what happened with the, the Revolution Debate Club this past time, uh, I probably should have gotten first. The judges just misunderstood the situation, didn't understand my arguments well enough. Uh, I, I really believe that any time that I don't win, there's some sort of foul play at hand there. Uh, so my hope is that people understand that now. They understand that uh, I am very good at debate and that I get a victory to be the rubber match here and prove that I, um, I deserve this championship as well as the one back in high school. Maybe I can find some of those judges just to show them the episode and see how good that I truly am. I think it's really great you're carrying on the tradition of finishing in second place and making lame excuses while doing so. So hopefully that tradition carries on today. And I'm glad Tanner is here to hear uh, the whining and the excuses. So uh, when he rightfully judges my uh, argument as the winner, uh, you have less of a a, a ground to stand on. But, um, you know, Seth, you say there's one position the Revs need to upgrade, and that's completely false. There's one position that has been getting worse and worse over time, and the Revs need to address it. They've been ignoring it over the past couple of years, and that is center back. Looking at expected goals allowed and how they compare to other teams in the East, last year in 2022, they gave up 53.7 expected goals allowed. That's 12th in the East. In 2021, they were 48.1 expected goals allowed. That's eighth in the East. In 2020, it's a shortened season, so it's a smaller sample, but 24.5 expected goals allowed. That was fifth best in the East. So year after year, the Revs are giving up more expected goals allowed. It's just they have a league goal, goalkeeping that is kind of mitigating these chances, and, and maybe goals allowed aren't as bad as the expected goals allowed, Shea, but it, the defense has been deteriorating year after year after year, and the Revs have not upgraded the center back 
position since the 2020 Super Draft when they selected Henry Kessler. That pairing has worked well at first, but the results, as I just mentioned, they've been declining, and that has been a bit of a weak spot. Andrew Farrell led the league last year in penalty kicks, conceded with four. Henry Kessler was one of five players that conceded three penalty kicks last year. He was tied for second. And Kessler was the only player in that group of five players with less than 28 games played, and he played in 22. Uh, so penalty kicks were a major issue for a center back pairing that right now they're, they're veterans. They should know better. Um, and, and it's not a matter of um, mentality. It's, it's a matter of skill. So they're getting a little bit weaker in the center back position. The defense is a real issue. And the success of the Revs depends on preventing chances. They have an elite goalkeeper. They have a shot stopper. They just need to put out a league average defensive team and a defensive back line and a league average center back pairing and this should be a playoff team if they're able to prevent chances they're going to to prevent goals from going in and their offense right now with Gustavo Bo with Brioni with Barrero with Heel is good enough to bag enough goals so the defense is really where the highest priority for the team is and specifically it's in that center back pairing that had a lot of issues staying healthy um, performance-wise. And and one thing, you, you mentioned depth here, Seth, in terms of a box-to-box midfielder. After Andrew Farrell and Henry Kessler, which, as I, I just mentioned, not the best center-back pairing in the world, beyond that, your your depth beyond that is Omar Gonzalez, Christian McCoon, and Ben Ravino. You lost John Bell out of that center-back position. Um, there's not a lot of depth there. And when injuries happen, that's a really, really big hole that can be exposed on the Revs. So, so right now, they need a center-back uh, for this team, and that's going to be crucial for 2023. When you look at what's happening this past year, the most important to keep in mind is that the Revolution were injured throughout the year. They dealt with so many injuries and that really distorted their ability to to play the way they wanted to play. Much like when I had my throat injury during the debate uh a competition in high school, it really distorted my ability to put out my best performance. And I got second place, and that's okay, and that's okay sometimes. But getting back to the New England Revolution, when you look at the injuries that they had, you mentioned it. You know, Farrell missed a few games. He played 33 uh, times. They were all starts. Kessler played in 22 games. And when we talk about um, it being a position of need, it's a, more about building that chemistry and getting guys out there consistently playing with each other. Uh, Farrell and Kessler are a good pairing. We saw that um, when 2021 was there and they were playing a majority of the games and the Revolution got 73 points in that situation. It was all about chemistry, knowing each other's tendencies. And with Kessler in particular being in and out of the starting lineup, it created some difficulties, especially when the person coming in is Omar Gonzalez and John Bell being the other uh, player. And we recently found out that John Bell was playing through the sports hernia throughout the season, particularly at the end of the season when he had to get his surgery. So the question becomes how fully capable and how fully able were those players in those situations. In my opinion, if Farrell and Kessler are healthy throughout the entire season, the, the, the goals that are being conceded are going down. The other thing to keep in mind here is that the revolution did bring in some center backs. Uh, they drafted uh, Andreas Yeland, who is from uh, the UVA, who Charlie Davis at one point said was going to be the better center back than Henry Kessler. So if he comes to the New England Revolution, does very well, maybe he's already competing for a starting spot, or at the very least, he is the depth that the team needs in order to go forward, or he's the player that comes in late in the game as a 6'5 uh, center back to try to preserve that, that win. Uh, Victor Souza is another uh, individual who came in. He's 6'2". He's another large center back, so another player who's obviously going to compete for a contract and then maybe some minutes for the New England Revolution. Um, we know that 
we know that a, a, a person like Bruce Arena doesn't always trust these young players, but he did for Henry Kessler, right? When Henry Kessler was uh, selected, we all thought that he was going to be a bench player or maybe a Reds 2 player. No, no, no. He saw him and said, that's a guy who's going to start for me. He's ready to play. If you're good enough to, to play, then you're ready enough to play is what Bruce Arena will often say. So maybe these young guys that are coming in are going to compete for minutes uh, for the team. When we think about defensive midfielder, that's a really important position to help preserve um, wins, also help uh, preserve and protect the back line. The Revolution uh, last year in 2022, there was 13 occasions when they dropped points after gaining a lead. That's absolutely absurd. That's 31 points that they dropped, and they did it in the most ridiculous type of ways. So if you have a uh, a box-to-box midfielder, he's going to help protect that back line. And Matt Doyle, at one point over the course of the season, he mentioned that the Revolutions weren't getting enough pressure on the ball. That in 2021, they were winning the ball higher up the field and able to tra- transition uh, much more successfully, score goals, and limit the opposition from getting into the Revolution back line and attacking the Revolution back line. If you get a box-to-box midfielder, they're going to be able to put more pressure on the opponent and they're going to be able to like win turnovers they're going to make sure they have less time on the ball that box-to-box midfielder would be absolutely valuable to kessler and absolutely valuable to Farrell or anyone else that plays along that back line so when we think about the the box-to-box midfielder we're not talking about someone that's that's just playing higher up the field we're talking about someone who's going to help the back line that's going to make sure there's coverage when uh, the outside backs, who we know are very, very good, go forward and create opportunities. The last thing I'll say here is that Bruce Arena himself said that they're going to look at a midfielder in the defensive role. I'm not going to argue with Bruce Arena. I'm not sure about you. I will admit that I have won one runners-up trophy on the debate. I'm not sure if you heard this before. I've won one. But I've not won any MLS Cups. I have not won any MLS Supporter Shields. So I'm not sure about you, Greg. I don't, maybe you have. I, I haven't really looked at your Wikipedia recently. Maybe you've won some of those championships, but Bruce Arena has. So I'm going to put faith in Bruce Arena that this is what the team needs. They need a box-to-box midfielder. Well, just because he said they need a defensive midfielder or a box-to-box midfielder doesn't mean that they don't need don't have other needs elsewhere, first off. Second of all, um, I've never won MLS Cup in real life, but I've played football manager and I have made multiple dynasties with the New England Revolution, so I want the record to show that. Um, also, I find it interesting you talked about the draft picks in the second and third round um, in, in Victor Souza uh, and, and uh, Andreas Uland, who they haven't signed first-team contracts with the Revs. We don't know if they are going to. Um, Victor Souza was projected to be a second-round pick. He can't expect a ton of value out of the second and third rounds. Uland was expected to be a first-round pick, so, so maybe he's going to sign a, a first-team contract, but the fact that he slid to the third round uh, is not a good sign for him. So I wouldn't put a lot of weight on those draft picks being a boost to the back line. However, I, I did notice you, you didn't talk about the first round draft pick who the Revs traded up for in Joshua Bulma, who Bruce Arena, who's won MLS Cups, as you said, expects to play as, as an eight uh, and might compete right away for starting minutes. So Bulma might be your answer to the box-to-box midfielder. They might have already addressed that. Uh, I think that I agree with kind of the draft analysis that he projects to be more of a winger. But as you said, Bruce Arena has won MLS Cup. Uh, he's got He's done this a long time. So it seems to me that that might be an answer for a box-to-box midfielder. Like you said, we might have already addressed it. The other thing, too, that you mentioned a little bit earlier is there are some other players in the midfield that need some minutes. Noel Buck had a bit of a breakout last year, and 
playing him as an eight would be helpful. We mentioned Bulma. Those are two young players that you're going to need minutes to, you need to give them minutes. And by bringing in another player, you might be stunting their growth. So you have two talented young players in Buck and Bulma that you can mix in. And maybe they're not 30 game starters, but they're going to be productive for the first team. So I think that there are some young players that can kind of fill that role. Whereas the back line, They've lost John Bell. Um, they they do need an upgrade there. Twelfth uh, in the East in expected goals is not good enough. And what's amazing is that right now you don't need to make a trade for an elite center back. Uh, Alexander Callens, who finished third in MLS Defender of the Year last year, he was a key player on New York City FC's uh, defense um, and backline. He's available as a free agent. Aaron Long, coming off of the World Cup for the United States, he was the 2018 Defender of the Year. He's available right now as a free agent. There isn't a top-tier box-to-box midfielder like there are top-tier center backs uh, that the Revs can go out and sign right now. So I think there is an availability for a top-tier center back to come in that you could pair with Kessler or Farrell, and right away your team is much, much better, whereas in the midfield, there isn't that position right now. So I think the Revs are able to piece together a midfield that works. And the other thing, too, is... With the players that they have, they can go to a 4-2-3-1, or they can go back to the diamond, which Bruce Arena played maybe to a fault a little bit too much last year. There is some flexibility in going with a diamond or going with a 4-2-3-1, but either way, the center back pairing, either way you, you, you split it, they're going to need an upgrade at some point there. I think when you look at Balma, uh, he's obviously a talented player. He's someone that we want to do very well, but he's a young player. And, and Bruce Arena himself says, we'll see how he adjusts. We'll see what it's going to be like. It's very difficult for a, co- for a college player to come into MLS sometimes. Uh, Balma himself talks about how he can play a variety of positions. He does feel comfortable in the middle, but a lot of people are rejecting him to play an outside position, whether it's outside midfielder or outside back, to the point that people were saying that he was a Tejon Buchanan type of player. So in my opinion, if you're trying to win a championship, you've got to bring in some experienced players and ease some of those young players into it. I mean, this year there's that League's Cup, great opportunity to get some of those young players opportunities. Um, And and Boma is obviously a promising player, but I feel much more comfortable to try to bring in an experienced guy like, I don't know, Eric Williamson, which we've heard uh, countless times before. I also think it's a little ridiculous for you to say there are no players out there. There's no box-to-box midfielders that are out there. Uh, I'm sure somewhere in the world there are pretty good uh, box-to-box midfielders, uh, whether they're well-known players that you have to you know, get a transfer fee for or there are free agents out there to kind of bring in. Uh, in my opinion, if you find the right player, that's going to do more for this team than bringing in a center back because that player will be able to win the ball higher up the field. They'll be able to move the ball very quickly and create opportunities. They'll be able to find those attacking players. The other thing I want to keep in mind that I forgot to mention when we were talking about injuries is that the revolution attack was largely injured. So uh, in, in 2021, there was 65 goals that they scored. In 2022, that's 47. So even when the, the attack wasn't really doing well, the revolution had opportunities to, to score uh, goals and uh, to have wins, but they kept dropping those leads. Now imagine if the revolution attack was going at full power. If Gustavo Bo was, was healthy throughout the year, or at least playing more minutes, if Veroni was comfortable in this league and healthy, if Barrero was adjusting in this league and healthy, that this team would be much more dangerous and scoring much more goals. And then we're not really worried about the back line quite as much. Um, so I, I think that you're you're really emphasizing the back line and how they're making mistakes. 
Bruce Arena is an attack-heavy team. That's what he likes to do. He likes to like go at players. He likes to try to put them under uh, pressure, opponents under pressure, and a, a box-to-box midfielder will be able to do that. When Arena was talking about the players that he drafted, he talked about how they need to bring some quickness to the midfielder area. And I think that that's something that's totally true. Again, Tommy McNamara, I think I'm a big fan of his. I think he was pretty underrated last year that when he was playing minutes, he was able to create turnovers and make things happen. But there was also some games where he wasn't able to do that quite as much. He's a little bit of an older player. Imagine if the Revolution had a quicker player, a little bit more dynamic of a player, someone who's covering a little bit more ground. I think that they would have uh, made the playoffs last year, and we're not really uh, caring as much about that that back line. Um, the reality, too, is that the way the Revolution play right now is Petrovic is a game changer. And obviously, you don't want him making these world-class saves uh, week in and week out, but you know that he's there. You know that he's able to do that. And I think that with the, the Henry Kessler and, and Andrew Farrell, if they're able to play significant minutes, they're also going to understand the tendencies quite a bit as well and, and cover up for each other. Um, there's a lot of emergency defending that's required in the Revolution system right now, and Farrell and Kessler are, are pretty good at it. They just need to make sure there's consistency all on that back line, consistency with the players in front of them. And I think this Revolution uh, team will be just fine. But it all stems from them having a new box-to-box midfielder that can win the ball and distribute the ball and protect the back line. Well, one thing I just want to quickly clarify is when I say there isn't a a player available uh, as a box-to-box midfielder and there are center backs and and Callens and and Long, I mean in free agency throughout MLS, uh, I think there's less of a cost to acquire when you just sign a free agent as opposed to spending a transfer fee uh, where it's much more expensive to acquire a player. So just to clarify, there are not any MLS free agents on the level of Callens or Long uh, in the midfield. The the other thing too is you're talking about the attack and how attack heavy this team is uh, and and how they've been impacted by injuries, and you're kind of making my point for me. This attack was fine last year. And expected goals, you, you mentioned they had a ton of injuries on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, they, they really weren't clicking. They still finished eighth in the East uh, in expected goals, even with all of their injuries, which certainly injuries impacted the offensive side of the things more than the defensive side. Uh, they finished with 44.7 uh, in the uh, eighth in the East in 2022. In 2021, they had 59.4 goals. Uh, expected. Uh, That was first in the East. So you have to attribute a lot of that drop to injuries of players who are going to be coming back this year. You have to attribute some of that to Vrioni uh, coming in mid-season, not really being acclimated with the team. Same thing with Barrero, getting a full preseason with those guys. The offense should perform a lot better than average in the East like they did last year. Whereas this defense, not a single upgrade has been made. And again, 12th worst, uh, or sorry, 12th best in the East. That's third worst uh, in the East. So the defense is really where you need to improve. And I know Bruce is attack heavy, but I think that's kind of my point that there hasn't been any upgrades to this back line since 2020 and you need to make one right now. Um, One more thing too, I want to point out, because you kind of mentioned the injuries to Kessler uh, and and John Bell and kind of those things. Towards the end of the year, the Fessler, the the, the Farrell Kessler pairing was pretty consistent, and I just want to point out the expected goals over the final ten games. Uh, expected goals against over the final ten games, on average, two goals a game. Uh, that's pretty horrible. Uh, the median over the, those ten games is one point six five. If you average that out over, or if you extract that out over thirty four games, the expected goals against using the average was sixty eight goals. Uh, throughout a 34-game season, and 56.1 using the median, which is worse uh, than their season total. So um, extracting out that final 10 games, you can kind of see this defense 
declined towards the end of the year. So it isn't just an injury problem at the beginning of the season when Kessler was out, when John Bell was out, and they had to rely on Omar Gonzalez a lot more. Towards the end of the season, the performance wasn't there either. What I'd say to that is that the Revolution were in desperation mode at that point, that the Revolution had to get points. Uh, they were finding themselves below the line. So all of a sudden they had to to push forward a little bit more and to, uh, to, to make open up gaps that are going to uh, hurt that team and force them into bad situations. I think that if that pairing, as you call it, the Fessler pairing, is able to have chemistry throughout the season and build confidence with each other, those types of things aren't happening quite as much. I also think that when you look at you know some of the goals that they were conceding, there were pretty absurd goals throughout the course of the year. I mean, at the end of the, the, the year, that, that game against uh, Chicago, Barrero comes in and he scores this world worldy type of goal and the revolution aren't able to hold on and they only had to hold on for like the dying minutes of the game. That's just a weird circumstance. Uh, I think what we saw again in the RSL snow game, really weird snow, uh, circumstance. Uh, early on in the year, there was a time when there was an own goal. I believe it was uh, Andrew Farrell that like kicked the ball off of uh, Polster and ends up in the back of the net against the Red Bulls. They lose that game 1-0. Uh, against the Philly game, I believe, that was where Omar you know, kicked the ball towards the middle and they end up scoring on that one. These are really weird goals that the New England Revolution are, are giving up. And in my opinion, a lot of that just comes down to the idea of uh, staying sharp and you know, having that confidence and having that chemistry throughout the course of the season. Uh, if you are collecting wins, the confidence comes. If you're collecting wins, then the opponent feels a little uneasy and, and they don't feel as confident going forward. I think that this revolution team needed consistency more than anything else. Andrew Farrell is a, is a good center back. He's able to do a lot of good things. Um, and I remember at one point, Tommy McNamara called him an underrated player in this league. Okay? And we know that Henry Kessler is able to do the same thing, but it, it's all about reps. It's all about you know getting those types of circumstances out there. So I wouldn't put too much into the idea that at the end of the season they're conceding more goals. They had to in those situations because they had to get numbers forward, especially with guys like Veroni still uh, coming back, uh, Barrero still coming back. The attack just wasn't there, so they had to like figure out how to play in different ways. I mean, remember at one point like. The, the people that were starting on this team were, were individuals that we really did not expect to be in the starting lineup because there were so many players that were out. I mean, at one point, Carlos Hill was missing games because the, the birth of his child. So in those circumstances, you have to play a little bit differently. You have to uh, try to win the ball in different areas because you had to get points at the end of the season. The revolution really put himself in a bad situation. So I'm not putting too much emphasis on the idea that they are uh, conceding too many goals at the end of the season. They need a good preseason, lots of confidence, and then they'll go forward. And again, what, what I would say is, I, I get what you're saying, that the Revolution already have a good attack. Well, the reason why they have that is because they win the ball higher up the field and they're able to you know, get those players to um, in good positions to, to put the ball into the back of the net. And that's going to mean that there's some emergency defending that Henry Kessler and Andrew Farrell are quite good at when they understand each other, when they're fully healthy, they trust their bodies, they trust each other, they're able to put out those fires quite successfully. And we saw that happen in 2021. I, I feel like we're, we're we're putting too much emphasis on 2022. In 2021, they set a single season points record. Like this team won its first ever supporters shield. Like that's a big moment. And the guys that were primarily there doing that were Henry Kessler and Andrew Farrell. 
the following year, it was just devastating in terms of injuries. The back line, the players in front of them, there was just no consistency. And when there's no consistency, it becomes hard to defend in certain areas, attack in certain ways. And of course, you're going to score less goals. And of course, you're going to allow more goals. So you can't put too much emphasis on what happened in 2022. 2021 was such a banner year, and it had to do with that back line. That back line that ended up playing together for so many minutes, doing very well. Well, I'll, I'll kick this over to Tanner here in a second because I think we're going a little bit long. But I'll, I'll and actually I'll, I'll give you a final word if you want to respond to this. But once again, in 2021, the Revs were eighth in the East in expected goals with 48.1. You know, in 2021, they still had a league average defense. Uh, so this center back pairing is not an all world pairing. And even when they were in their heyday of 2021, uh, the the results weren't that great. It was just maxed by uh, an elite goalkeeper in Matt Turner. And and again, in 2022, they still have an elite shot stopper and goalkeeper in Petrovic, uh, but um, the, the the defense in front of him uh, has been letting him down. I, I think there's just a greater need uh, for a center back as well. So um, I, I don't know if you want to respond to that, Seth, or if you want to kick it over to Tanner uh, for his ruling, uh, but we're, we're running a little bit long on time. But Seth, I'll, I'll give you the final word if you want one. Yeah, my final word here is that, of course, you could upgrade uh, the center back position. You could upgrade every single position, right? Like if, if uh, I don't know, Cristiano Ronaldo, if you're able to make a deal with him, I'm sure the revolution take him and they upgrade that position. My opinion, the back line is just fine. If you look at this revolution lineup, there's one area that's a hole right now. And if you get a box-to-box midfielder, then this team is better. Okay? Can you upgrade other positions? Yes, absolutely. I think you could upgrade every single position with some sort of elite player. Um, But right now, the place that most needs to be upgraded is the box-to-box position. Yeah, you, you both made some great points. It's a great debate. Um, you know, it was very, very close when I was grading it because I'm not trying to give my opinion in terms of what position I feel upgraded, but in terms of the individual debates, I, I think it has to go to Seth here. I think it was very, very close, but I think Seth comes away with a slight win here. It's because I said Fessler, isn't it? No, <laughs> I, I, you know, bringing in Bruce Arena's you know, notes and knowing what Bruce had said as well, I think that sort of put him over the edge and I think he had good rebuttals in terms of you know, where the lineup is right now, I think, you know, Henry Kessler, Joe Farrell, that's a good pairing. I really do think, you know, Seth sort of illustrating that point that you really have that hole in the box-to-box midfield is what gave him the slight edge here. So we know what Tanner says. I'm interested to see what the uh, NE Revs hashtag uh, says on Twitter and Instagram. And hey, I also think you need to put it on Facebook because I don't know about you. I think I do better on Facebook. Those are where most of my fans are. So <laughs> I'll, I'll be really curious to see what people say on this debate. Hopefully the fans overturn Tanner's uh, decision. I'm going to be appealing this decision, uh, but it'll be very interesting to see uh, what they say. But if not, Seth, congratulations uh, on your win. The curse of being a runner-up debater for decades is finally over, uh, allegedly. Uh, And uh, yeah, yeah, I guess I'll have to get you next time. I guess we'll have to do this again. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Revolution Recap. Uh, We'll be back shortly with another debate episode or more news uh, with the Revolution. So Tanner, Seth, thank you for joining us today. And to our listeners, uh, thanks for listening. And until next time, go Reps.